fits the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the pre-Ospreys and post-Gloucester edition. My name's Alan Deegan and I've got William Davis on the line. Good evening, Alan. Yes, William, you're at a press conference today where defence coach Pete Wilkins and prop Dennis Buckley sort of faced, faced the music uh, after a very disappointing defeat. Yeah, these games don't uh, come round slowly. It's uh, I suppose they have to try to consign Saturday's disappointment uh, to the bin and move on uh, for Friday night of the Ospreys in what is now a must-win game for Connacht. They have three games left in the Pro 14. New Glasgow the following week. And they've got a week off. And then, of course, they've got the final Pro 14 regular season game is at home to Leinster, which will be John Muldoon's final home match. Um, yeah, there's still a lot of discussion around Saturday. A lot of the press conference was taken up with that rather than looking too far forward. I think it's um, a real bump in the road for everybody, for the old, for the Connacht organisation, from team management, players, and I think also for fans. It was a disappointing day on Saturday, and uh, I think they're still ruminating on it. And uh, let's hear what they have to say. Pete, after that uh, game on uh, Saturday, uh, Kieran, when he was was in his press conference, he talked about naivety and soft defence, and that sort of begs the question: how how do you get to a game like that and be naive, and what causes that? I think um, you the key point is that we let ourselves down on both sides of the ball. So the naivety came in terms of. Um, just the opportunities that that we gave Gloucester with passes into touch and and losing possession in the tackle and uh, probably inefficient with our exits. So in that respect, there there are areas of our game where we've got a pre-planned strategy and it's well rehearsed and we've done it before in games, but the actual execution of it didn't come off. Um, And it didn't come off because Gloucester defended pretty well and put us under pressure. Um, in fairness to them, to give them credit, but uh, but there were areas where it wasn't through lack of planning or lack of intent. It, it was simply the execution of of those skills on the day. So, unfortunately, it, it came on a, on a really big occasion. Um, you know where we we had, I thought, and and you know the the team felt that we had a a really good opportunity um, to progress to to the next stage in the competition. So so that was disappointing, and and that was the naivety bit of it. In terms of the defence. Um, Again, for me, where our errors came, it wasn't a matter of system work and it wasn't a matter of intent and work rate and uh, and everything that goes with it. We simply gave Gloucester too much time and space to play. I thought uh, in terms of our movement, we were apprehensive. We were determined to do well and, and uh, we had all of all the work ethic and um, and desire that you would hope for an occasion like that. But I think, um, I think we gave them a, a little bit too much respect and... Uh, we let their playmakers play, and whether they chose to to run the ball, to pass the ball, or to kick the ball in behind us, we stood off to an extent and let them do that. And, and as a result, we're on the back foot and having to react to that. So, um, again, you know, strategy planning, uh, the will of the players was there, and, and the work rate to go with that. But um, I think we probably um, probably just lacked that little bit of belief in defence that we needed to really take control of their attack. Um, and, and as a result, we, we were passive and lateral at times and, and pretty reactive rather than proactive. 
When, when you get a situation like that, um, it didn't fix after the, after half time either. Is, is that a is that just is that a leadership thing or is that a is that something was it because it had gone wrong in the first half that it just continued into the second? I think um, certainly from the defence point of view, in terms of our, um, our sort of apprehension and, and passiveness, um, I would say that was the one key message that we did address at half time, uh, particularly around what we uh, we label our ball defender, so that the, the defender who's immediately defending the, the opposition player with the ball, we want them to go forwards. We want them to pressure the skills and pressure the decision making of that of that ball carrier. And that was the one key message out of halftime that we set about to improve in the second half. Now, we did improve it, um, and certainly go, going through the review, we improved it. But what we didn't do is, is fix it consistently. So, for example, early in the second half, we had that intent and we had that line speed for four really good phases back-to-back. And on the fifth, we went passive, let them play, and they bent us on an edge. And, and then all of a sudden, we're on the retreat again. So... I'd say we, we we made progress, but not enough progress to, to fix it and then therefore influence the game. So in terms of that, the players, um, I think, understood the message. But um, but again, on the occasion, on the day, we, we weren't able to deliver to the standard we needed to. And um, the frustrating thing is having done so well the week before against Edinburgh, it was a game where we topped the ta- tackle stats in the competition at 95% success rate. And we then dropped to 81 against Gloucester. Now, those players haven't become bad tacklers in the space of a week. Um, but if you haven't got that go forward and that line speed and squareness and uh, intensity about your defence, the, the tackle just becomes the end product of that movement. So, um, you know, it had a big impact, had a big impact on the way we defended and a big impact on the way we tackled. So, uh, so you know, hugely disappointing for all of us in in terms of the result. And um, I said something we thought we had a real good opportunity to progress in the competition to um, to the semi-finals. Is that a sort of a lesson going forward that'll have to be kept in the forefront? That when you get a game like that and it doesn't work out, it just shows how things can turn around and bite you. Um, it certainly shows that on the big occasions, um, and you know, with with full respect to Gloucester against against good teams. Um, you know we've got to be on or or near the top of our game, you know, defensively and attacking. And uh, you know, there's some weeks um, maybe in the league competition you can get away with a, a big defensive performance covers the cracks for your attack, and vice versa, a good attacking performance or a big attacking performance um, covers some of the, the the shortcomings in your defence on that day. But uh, you know, in, in knockout rugby, European competition, um, you know, a good English team um, with the players that they've got and, and the quality of coaching they've got. You know, you need both sides of the ledger to be um, to be performing. Otherwise, uh, otherwise they'll work you out. And then on this occasion, you know, credit to Gloucester, they played well and and were good value for the win. Um, unfortunately for us, it was the first time that back division or that those players selected as backs had played together since Ulster in December. Was that was that an issue having to just you know you suddenly have a centre partnership that hasn't played together in. I know six eight games, mm-hmm. and you've got other positional players. You've got Kieran Marmion coming in for his first start for quite a while. Did that contribute to it at all? Um, it's not something we've we've looked at as as a reason or as an excuse. Um, I think the quality of those guys in in terms of Kieran and, and Bundy coming into that back line, they're of the caliber. You know where where they should be able to come in and, and you know pick up where they left off. Um, and equally, the combinations we've got there, whether it's um, Jack Carty with Kieran at nine and ten, or, or whether it's um, you know Tom and Bundy in the centres, 
they've got enough experience together where where certainly combinations and um, cohesion shouldn't shouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, they had good training time together during the week, and um, you know, hopefully, sort of clarity around strategy. So that that's not something we'd look at as an excuse. Um, you know, if anything, it could be an advantage because we we've got some fresher legs and some motivated guys coming back in on on the back of some. Terrific uh, performances for for Ireland. So for them, you know, they they bring a certain amount of buzz and energy to the group, and it, it should actually be something that lifted us. Um, you know, so I, I wouldn't say those combinations or those changes w- were the the source of the source of the result in that in that sense. Look, looking forward to the final. Th- it's, it's really three games now, um, and obviously the Ospreys with a game in hand are in a very good position. It's uh, it's a ground that Connacht haven't got a fantastic record at, but what are the, what's the sort of aim point now? What, 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 how do you see Friday night? Um, to be honest, we see Friday night as, as more knockout rugby. And, you know, that's where our season's at. There's, um, there's the opportunity for us. Essentially, we're going head-to-head with the Ospreys um, for, you know, to see who can finish above the other in terms of league position. Um, they are in the box seat. They, they've got a game in hand on us, and, and they're obviously a point ahead of us. And that game in hand will be be away in Italy against um, against Zebra. So, you know they're in the box seat in that respect. But um, it's knockout rugby for us. If if we get a good win down um, down at Ospreys, then that takes back part of the initiative. Um, and then you know we've got to do really well on our two games of the season. They go away to Cardiff, um, away to Ulster. Ne- neither of which will be easy places for them to go as well. So, you know we see the season as um, as, as very much alive. Last chance saloon. To be honest, this week, and uh, you know, we t- we need to make sure we go down there and do the business. But um, it, it's it's still possible for us to make Champions Cup rugby next year by getting into that playoff spot and 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 chasing that seventh spot from uh, from the Pro 14. So, but the season's alive for us, and and you know, it won't be a week for rotation or, or taking the Ospreys lightly. Um, a big thing for us is that the the Ospreys attack you know there there are some really strong similarities with the way that Gloucester played um so for us if we can learn the lessons from you know albeit the painful lessons from from the Gloucester experience that'll set us well set us up well for uh, for success this week so you know we're excited it, it's it's a huge week last week was a huge week in terms of the occasion and you know obviously the home game and the quarter final but in terms of the implications for our season, this is just as big, if not bigger, now that, that, uh, that the other one's passed us by. Uh, can I just ask you about David Horowitz? When are we expecting him to arrive? Um, I don't have an exact date, but I, I would be imagining post-Super Rugby. So he's obviously um, contracted to the Rebels at this point, and uh, you know, he'll be, um, be involved with them this season. So, so we look forward to seeing him once, once his commitments with, um, with Melbourne are, are done. He hasn't actually played for Melbourne this season. He hasn't yet. No, no, he hasn't. He's um, he's been a bit unfortunate because he he played every game but one for the Waratahs um, the previous year, and and obviously had Bernard Foley, the, the Australian fly half, ahead of him. So was mainly getting his rugby at twelve and, and filling in at ten as a as a sort of second playmaker. Um, he is a ten by trade, and um, you know, I, without speaking to him, but I imagine part of his motivation for going to Melbourne was the opportunity to play at ten. Um, and unfortunately for him, it coincided with with uh, you know a large amount of players arriving from the Western Force, and, and obviously the player pool there um, changing as a result. So he's had a little bit of bad luck around that, but um, he's a good player, and, and guys that have worked with him that I know in Australia, and players who've played with him um, both at New South Wales, um, at the Rebels, and uh, and in the NRC, they speak really highly of him as as a person and a player, and I, I think he'll be a really good addition addition to our group. Dennis, for the, for the players, uh, Saturday, obviously, 
when you've had a chance to, to reflect on it, is, what's the overall feeling in the dressing room or around the, the unit? Yeah, look, there's, there's obviously a lot of disappointment in the game. Um, it was a huge game for us, and I think we had a great week's build-up to it, as, as, as Pete alluded to. Um, everyone was, was incredibly motivated to get a good result, and unfortunately for us, on the day, it didn't go our way. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit of kind of picking ourselves back up a little bit and, and looking forward to this weekend. But this weekend's a huge game for us. Um, like it's, 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 you could almost look at it as a 10-pointer. Um, I know things need to go our way to, to, to finish above them, but starting with a, with a good win this weekend will certainly help our case. Um, and there's still a lot of rugby to play for. Um, like If you look back to the Gloucester game, I think at times we're playing some really good rugby. We're playing with a lot of tempo and... and, and Gloucester, Edinburgh, Cheetahs, all like they're, they've been struggling to live with us when we kind of hit that, hit that kind of when where things start to click and we're, we're blowing teams out of the water. And then on the back of that, some mistakes are coming in when we don't get it quite right and where balls are going into touch, for example. Um, we make maybe one or two defensive mistakes, which which we might defend for most of the game pretty well. But but if you if you make a, a lapse in concentration at any stage, it, it, it can cost you dearly, as we've found out in the last few weeks. Um, but I think that kind of careful of my words but you can take some confidence from that loss like we we blew Gloucester out of the water at times we scored some like four or five phase tries from from deep within our own half and they struggled to live with us I think if you look at from a set piece perspective I think our scrum was did a pretty good job against them um we we mauled pretty well. We we got a bit of change out of that. And if you look at our lineup defence, which is something we put a lot of work into, we must have disrupted probably close to fifty percent of their lineup. All, albeit we turned over two of them, and the ball bounced up into their players' hands, and they get one direct try from it, and the other one they get a try about three phases later. And it it really is those small margins that are costing us at the moment. Um, and I know like it's a, it's it's a little bit silly at times to talk about ifs and buts and stuff, but I honestly think that if one or two small things had had gone the other way. It would have been a good result for us in in, in the Gloucester game, in the Edinburgh in the Edinburgh game, in the Cheetah game, in the Cheetahs game. Um, and I think we're really close at the moment. Um, we tidy up one or two things defensively, and I think for the most part we're defending really well. Um, but there is there was one or two lapses in concentration at the weekend, and they cost us as as, as they as they tend to do. Um, but like even if I think back to to maybe Pat's first year here, um, the results might have been similar. But I was sort of thinking along the same lines that we're actually playing some really good rugby at times and teams are really struggling to live with us and it's just it's just getting into that that sort of final that final groove where, where everything clicks and and it, it makes a massive difference these these small little margins and like you know when you look you look for, towards the end of this season and stuff and there's three games left but there's so much to play for because if we can use these three games and, and, and build some form and get some confidence and kind of find that groove I think it'll it'll stand to us massively going into next season and give us some great confidence to go into next season and Kind of building, building in these games now will 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 do loads for us for next season if we can kind of make all those little plays click and tidy up one or two small things and just get the kind of confidence back in the group that that sometimes takes a battering after after close losses. You know, a, a last minute kick in the Cheetahs game. Um, like last week, we get charged down twice to to give away twelve points and we we lose the game narrowly. Like it's after playing most of the rugby for the whole game. I think the Gloucester game there. If you analyse the first half alone, I think we we must have had how much possession and played some really really good rugby. But yet they they're getting tries and 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 um, from from us turning over their lineouts etc. So um, look, it's it's tough at the moment, but there's so much to play for, and I really really do believe that it's it's really small margins that will make a huge huge difference and turn around so many of these results. And things have gone our way a little bit differently. 
we could we could be sitting in a in a well in a different mood here talking about talking about the real games. Um, but yeah, certainly a lot to play for and down from the weekend. But you no, know, looking forward to this weekend to hopefully right some of those wrongs. Is it a case? Obviously, you don't know who's been selected yet, but would the guys kind of think, the players think, yeah, let, let's go out. It's almost like picking the same team again and say, like, go out now and do it better. Is, is that sort of a good challenge for you to actually them to say, yeah, we're gonna, we want you to go out. We're going to send everybody. We're not making any changes. We're not stepping anybody down. We're not resting anybody. Just go out and get the percentage up from to the required level. Yeah, I, I think in, in modern rugby, it's, it's, it's incredibly rare for the same team to go out two weeks in a row with just with the, with the attrition of the, of the game and stuff like that. But... Like as as a squad and as a group, certainly the 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 aim will be to to right some of the wrongs and to to bounce back a little bit and just just make some of those small things stick that we speak about. There there really are small margins and um you know once you come off a a defeat and and especially a defeat like the weekend, uh, well for most of the lads anyways and for, for me included, it's just straight away you want to get back on the pitch. You want to just play well. You want to get a result and. I'd, I'd imagine that's how most of the lads are feeling, and whatever team we do put out this weekend, um, that'll certainly be what we're what we'll look to try and do is is just yeah to build on last week and and take out some of those errors. Okay, that's um, a smidgen longer than we normally get, but um, they they they're trying to put a brave face on it. Yeah, I think they have to try to uh, to come to terms with it, and some of the analysis there is pretty much what we had come up with after the game. I mean, when you're watching it, there was there was just, there was some really decent play. I think after the match and in the the after-match press, uh, sorry, podcast, I, I was quite critical of the game. I've watched it again since. And it was probably a more exciting game than I gave it credit for. And I think... Connacht at times did play quite well, but it just wasn't consistent enough. And they're very much aware of that. There were too many systems errors, too many silly mistakes, handling errors, positional errors. And they gave away some very sloppy tries. And you you don't, you just don't overcome teams in that situation. If you give them opportunities that they take, you're playing catch up all the time. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I suppose we were when when you look at some of the other rugby that was played over the weekend, our game was an exciting game, but it didn't have quite the quality of of uh, the other games that were on display. Um, and I suppose from a, a fan's point of view, there's like there's one thing that you want from your Connacht team is that one hundred percent commitment. And I don't like saying this, but how how a prop can run for good 20 odd metres and a hooker can run for nearly 30 metres and not be touched on their way to scoring tries there's something wrong there and, and fans don't like to see their teams not putting an effort in wherever that effort was needed in order to make sure that didn't happen I don't know um, but you know the fans expect more than what they saw at the weekend yeah there was, there was I think it verged uh, probably there was a lot of disappointed people there's some angry people yeah uh, and you probably want that from fans because if you want fans' passion, you have to understand that there's uh, there's a downside to that if 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 their team loses. And it, it the, the the defeat was symptomatic of what we've seen 
quite a bit this season where 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 things go well for a while, and Connacht some of the some of the rugby Connacht played was was very decent, mm. but then errors occur, and it, it for it, almost inexplicable mistakes, and I think sometimes sports teams operate in a little bit of a bubble, and I think they ha- Connacht have to just be aware that. Fans are, are disappointed. Uh, they've had two very tough seasons in a row. Two, two years ago, uh, we were heading towards a, a Pro 12 final, which we won. We were playing some blistering rugby. We were lost one game at home all season. And the situation two years later is, is, is a lot different. And they've stuck with the side, but they were sticking with the side years ago anyway. I know the crowd numbers have gone up substantially. A lot of people have uh, started to come along more regularly. Yeah. And a bit, I, Saturday was such a big day that it was almost inevitable that if the result went against them, that people would be frustrated. But I think it was the type of loss that it was that has really caused quite a, a reaction on social media. And, and just talking to fans. I mean, we're standing on the terrace doing yeah. our stuff, so, mm-hmm. so we're actually talking to fans. And there was a lot lot of comments there, a lot of negative comments. People waited behind. They clapped both teams off very respectfully. Um, but I just got a sense of disappointment, frustration, and maybe just uh, just wondering a little bit how this happened again that it's another tight defeat. I mean, Gloucester are a nemesis. We've played them five times in competitive matches. They've never beaten us by more than eight points. Yeah. But we've never beaten them. And they did a bit of a number on us on Saturday. Um, so it's it's important, I think, that we reflect that opinion. Yes. Kieran's press conference was interesting. I would encourage people to go to the podcast we released Yesterday, yeah, the April second podcast, so the one, the one yep. for the Gloucester, the Gloucester game. He gave a very upbeat assessment. Maybe he was taken slightly out of context. It has caused a certain amount of comment. Uh, Pete Wilkins referenced it today. I, of course, referenced it when I was talking to him. There was maybe a slight, a slight loss of tra- in translation, where it comes across that he thought it was a great occasion. Team had played badly at times but played actually quite well and there's a lot to look forward to yeah and i can understand that perspective but i also have to say connick have been in bigger games than that and won them and the fan base are entitled to perhaps be a little more demanding than just um playing well in a losing context at home against a Gloucester side who I would describe as workmanlike. Uh, and I think if you listen in the the April 2nd podcast, Johan Ackerman, the coach, he's uh, he's pretty pleased they got they, they got away. I think he feels they got away with it a bit. Yeah. Um, and he's delighted because he's got a home semi-final and that competition now has drifted away from Connacht. So they've got to, they've got to look at all this. And then they've got to get ready to go on Friday night. Well, this is, you know, it's one of the things that, that 
Kieran Kane reference at the weekend where he talks about the fact that, you know, this is this is a huge game and, and he doesn't expect any drop off from the players. So let's hope we don't see a drop off from the players and that we, we, we do see a you know, a backlash because Ospreys is not a happy hunting ground for Connacht. You know, they've turned their season around a little bit. They've obviously had a change of coaching staff there. They've had a really bad start to the season. Um, it's worth noting, perhaps, that they went completely off the rails last season and into this season on the back of a defeat in a Challenge Cup quarter-final game where they'd come through, I think, as the number one seeds. They'd scored six bonus point wins. Um, their quarter-final couldn't be played in the Liberty Stadium. It was moved on a Sunday evening to the Millennium, or whatever it's called these days, mm. and they lost. And their Pro 14 season drifted away. They made a bad start to this season. So they're coming back, and they have a game in hand, and they're trying to really get into a position to get behind Cardiff, who produced a really good result at the weekend to win away in Edinburgh. Ospreys must be the favourites for this game. And They've got a game in hand over us. Like they're a point ahead of us, but they're 12 behind Cardiff. But their, their game in hand is against Zebra. Now they'd, they'd be looking to get at least four points there from that, which brings them within eight points of Cardiff. And then they'd be looking to get probably five points against Connacht because they do tend to do that relatively, relatively, relatively regularly against us. Um, which puts them in with a chance of, of you know automatic qualification into Europe next year. So they've got a massive amount to play for. They didn't have a game this week, um, so I think they'll be all guns blazing. But you know it's it's really gonna be up to Connacht to to you know show their metal and and show what they're made of this week too. Yeah, I think we learn a lot from these final three games. Um, the team at the weekend. There will be changes. Um, Bundyaki won't be playing because he's he's on holidays, as he's tweeted out about that. Hmm. Um, and there's also, I suspect, uh, Quinn Rowe might be available, but he's played two games, and anybody who's played international rugby is now on a minutes situation. Uh, Kieran Marmion has only played one game back, so I'd expect him to play. And perhaps the biggest surprise to me at at the weekend was the Alton Delan. Situation. I I really cannot fathom. I've watched the game again, and he to me he had to be on earlier. Yeah. I can't understand why he came on at sixty minutes. He should have been sprung off that bench. To me, at about forty-five, forty-six, fifty minutes at the latest, because he did give go go forward ball. What's the injury update this week? How I I haven't seen it. What how how is it looking? Okay. Well, this was the squad update issued this morning. Uh, Prop JP Cooney is recovering from hamstring surgery and will be out of action until May. But that's that's Connacht's view. Uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, Pat O'Toole is continuing to rehabilitate. Andrew Brown is continuing to rehabilitate. Jake Heenan is rehabilitating and will be out of action until late April. Which probably when Connacht, the way things are looking, might have already played their last game. Owen Griffin is back to full training following his hamstring injury, so I would expect him to be back in the squad for Friday. King Kelleher is rehabilitating after ankle surgery. He was at the match on Saturday, walking around, but obviously he's on a surgery break. Rory Scholes is out of action until May, and Cormac Brennan is undergoing rehabilitation for a groin strain. So 
it's, no, no, it's no fresh injuries from the weekend. That's good. Okay, just before we before we jump into the the players and who's leaving and who's staying and who's re-signed since the last time we talked, I just want to give a quick shout out again of thanks to SportsNewsIreland.com for their, their continued support. Um, it's great to have somebody helping us along, so uh, appreciate that. Get all your your sports news from SportsNewsIreland.com. Okay, so since we last talked, there's been a couple of re-signings, and James Connolly and Rory Schools have re-signed for us. But it was also a list of people who've who are not going to be playing for Connacht next year. Well, one, one of well, one of those is uh, a complicated situation. JP Cooney yesterday tweeted out and uh, has made a statement that basically has said he's leaving Connacht. Um, now that has not officially been confirmed by Connacht, but it's it's in the public domain. Hmm. Uh, he's obviously he's on the squad update list for today. Uh, stating that he'd be out of action until May, but I think you can take it that he's played his last game for Connacht. Uh, certainly, that was the inference that he was giving last night, and uh, that's not the way these these announcements are usually made. But that has that is what has happened, and that of course is added on to the other list of players who are leaving. And Alan, you have that there. I have indeed. So you're looking at um, Nelly Adawai, who's leaving us. He played eight times this season. Uh, Stacey Ely only managed one appearance and he's been let go. Uh, Andrew Deegan managed to get two appearances and I think he's already in Australia at this stage. Um, Cormac Brennan, who's been on the injury list all season, so did, never managed to get a chance to play, is, is no longer with us. Uh, same with Paro too. And Steve Crosby, who had six games, um, has also been let go. It's disappointing. I was hoping to see a lot more of Steve Crosby. But I suppose the biggest surprise is Dennis Coulson. Um, who's been who was on that list? Like he played fifteen times this year, had seven starts, um, but he's he's deemed surplus to requirements, and he was one of the big signings that we made last year. It's it's um, quite a disappointment. Yeah, I suppose in any in any team context, um, at the end of the season, people are let go, and some have had a great opportunity to play, and others haven't, and that might be injury related or form related or just whatever the the team coaches and the team management see. Um, but Dennis Coulson, I think, has surprised a few people again on Saturday on the terrace. People were talking about it. Mm. These these were released last Friday. Uh, there was a feeling that he'd maybe started a little bit slowly, but he'd taken part in some pretty decent performances. He started against Ulster when we, we took yeah. them apart here in, in December. He played some European games. Um, so that that's the one that sticks out, and you know there there will be defined reasons why they've made that decision. We're probably never going to be privy to them, yeah. Um, which is fair enough, um, but it's it's difficult for all these lads because they've all come and they've, I suspect they've done their best, and it just hasn't worked out for them. Um, you know, Nalia Dawes, the first thing he did in a Connacht jersey was score that try that beat Wasps. That's right. Where. Yeah, we had uh, the famous John Muldoon time yeah. at the end of the game, where he managed to convince the referee that a law which actually wasn't coming in until the first of January had obviously come in just that very day or something similar <laughs> uh, for for a famous win. I have to say, Wasps took it very well after the game, although I think they they probably felt they'd been. Uh, uh, it it just look, it's never going to work out for everybody. 
and obviously, and there are some other players who we're not sure of. What, what it says at the bottom of this statement is the fact that a further announcement will be made in the coming weeks in relation to other players whose contracts are currently scheduled to finish at the end of the season. And we've kind of worked out who they might be. So who have you got there, Alan? Yeah, you've got Peter, Peter Arkey on eight games um, this season, who we, we, we've heard possibly might be going to France, but we don't know, so we're not going to talk about it. Uh, Owen McKeown's also had eight games that he's had an injury interrupted season. Uh, Shane Delahunt, who's played thirteen times and scored three tries, so um, you know someone who's played a lot of rugby this year. Peter Robb, who we know has been on the injury list all season. Uh, we have, have actually it was great to see him out. I think it was the Edinburgh game we saw him doing a lot of warming up and, and running around. I think he was twenty fourth man. Uh, and then the last one is is poor Andrew Brown, who's only managed the one appearance um, before he he re injured himself. So. Um, big names there yep there are and obviously a, a further announcement is going to come on those and you can add to the players who are leaving I suppose and these are probably slightly overlooked but uh, obviously Jake Heenan is finishing at the end of the season with us he's off to Bristol yeah and uh, John Muldoon of course is, is finishing as well so over, overall we reckon and with if you add JP Cooney to that we reckon there's 10 players there in in that's in the confirmed segment that we know won't be around next year. Correct. Yeah, and then you know, possibly eleven with with, with um, Peter Harkey, and like you're looking at John Muldoon, who's who's played twenty times this year. Um, I, I I hate to see him if he decided he he wasn't going to take it easy, as he told us <laughs> start. Yeah, the season. on the on the press day, he told me with a completely straight face that he expected to play a lot less rugby this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, twenty matches. Yeah. yeah. Good work. matches. Good work. So good luck with that one. But uh, look, it's a testament to his determination. It's also the fact that he stayed fit. Um, he has been injury free, and again, we have to talk about that. The fact that the the injury situation has improved a lot this year. The strength and conditioning, the rehabbing seems to have been a lot more focused. They talked about that right at the start of the season that it was going to change and had to improve. Well. It certainly has. That that has been a major plus point this year. Okay, yeah. So we're like, we've eleven leaving, um, but we've got that we know of. We've got six coming in. Um, you got our our two Australian signings in Kyle Godwin and David Horowitz, um, two backs. Then we've got our our big signing from Munster, Robin Copeland, who came off the bench at the weekend, um, and they're a great win. And then we've got our, our academy players that have been signed, Conan O'Donnell, who's a prop, uh, and then two locks, Peter Claffey and Killian Gallagher. And we've seen Killian Gallagher this year. He's, he's, he made a big impact in, the, in a couple of games in Europe. Um, so we're really looking forward to seeing a lot more of him next year. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's, a, there's, there's a sort of a gap there. So maybe there's some new players to come in. Maybe there's some guys to re-sign. Um, maybe the squad is going to be slightly smaller next year. That has been hinted at. Hmm. Next, yeah. ne- next, next season is going to be very intense for everybody, players, management, organisation and fans from the start because we've made bad starts to the last two seasons. I don't think there's room for that next year. I- I'm fully sure that that is understood. Yeah. But they're in a little bit more of a corner maybe about that than they would have been if this season had gone better. And that's the same for any team that has have had a struggle, which which Connacht have had, and they've three games left, and they need to show themselves 
and everybody else that they're they are learning and they are progressing. Yes, indeed, and and the first of those game is games is at the weekend when we take on the Ospreys in Swansea. It's a seven thirty-five kickoff, and I'm taking the glorious route of travelling by ferry with Rob. I think Lindley's going to be with us um, to cover the match on Galway Bay FM. Well, indeed, nothing like a car ferry. I, I I'll be sitting in my armchair here with a <laughs> a nice a nice drink of some sort alcoholic possibly or possibly just a cup of tea <laughs> and uh, i'll be feeding you feeding you information from the comfort here yeah so, be... so keep an eye keep keep an ear up we're live on go bay from 7 30 i believe just just before that I, i'm, I'm yeah well fm at 7 30 i think yeah. the stream is going to come on at seven o'clock so you're going to have to be ready to do a lot of talking it'll be very 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 interesting to see how that game goes i think we learn we learn a lot on um on uh, Friday night we certainly will so if you want to as we do have a little bit more time to talk on Saturday before the game if you want to contact us you can get us on Twitter uh, with the handle at Craggy Rugby Pod or you can post uh, up on Facebook we've got a Facebook page at Craggy Rugby so if you have any questions you want to, to ask or things you want us to discuss on, on Friday night please feel free to, to go for it okay we'll we'll wrap it up and leave it there um, thanks very much William good night good night Alan Thank you.